This is the American Truck Driver Podcast, Episode 5. Hey everybody, today we are going to talk about profit. This will be Episode 5, Owner Operator 101. And uh, the last two episodes, we talked about revenue and we talked about cost. Um, In the episode three, when I was talking about cost, we talked about insurance, truck payments, permits, things of that nature. Uh, Last time in episode four, we talked about uh, revenue, uh, the different types of revenue and contracts that you would uh, work on if you're leased to a carrier. This uh, episode is all about profit, and the profit is how we are going to measure what we're taking home after we have earned our revenue and we have accounted for our expenses. When I started out in 2011 leasing a truck from a carrier, I had a spreadsheet. I had an Excel spreadsheet that I created, and it did a pretty good job. I could look at my uh, fuel costs miles per gallon, uh, you know, basically I could track everything. It didn't do a great job of breaking everything down per mile. I've since started using profit gauges from Let'sTruck.com. It's about $20 a month, and it's really incredible software. Um, I can, I've got the webpage pulled up here right now looking at my second quarter, which is April, May, and June. I can tell you that I had revenue of $1.88 per mile, I had expenses of $0.90 per mile, and my total net for those three months was $0.97 to the house. So for every mile I drove, I got $0.97. That's after I paid tolls, that's after I paid scale tickets, uh, fuel Anything and everything, my cell phone bill, everything that I paid out after that was all said and done, I made $0.97 cents a mile to drive the truck. That gave me an average gross taxable income of $5,200 a month. Now, that includes my per diem, so the actual money that I took home was a little bit more than that, but f- basically for the purposes of, of filing my taxes, as far as the IRS is concerned, I earned $5,200 a month taxable. So the, the fuel gauges is such a neat setup because I can go through and it gives me these easy-to-read reports. I can do a business report, a profit and loss report, and I can also do a tax report. Now, there are some people for whatever reason that hate Kevin Rutherford that owns this Let's Truck website. Um, I don't get it, um, but there's people that hate Dave Ramsey, so I don't understand them. And I have seen, you know, in in the Facebook comments uh, when stuff like this comes up, well, you know, I don't need to pay money for that, and I can use QuickBooks, or I can use QuickIn, and that's true. That's 100% true. You can. You can use a spiral notebook and a pencil if you want to as long as you're tracking your expenses somehow in some way that's all that matters all this does is gives you easy to read reports and I like reports I'm a math nerd I like being able to do this and it's not like I'm spending a hundred dollars a month I'm spending nineteen dollars a month 
I love things that are easy to use. And I had already been using their free fuel gauges app where every time I would get fuel, I would put in my mileage and I would put in the number of gallons and how much it cost. And, uh, and it, you know, and it just does a good job of, of showing me my fuel mileage. Well, when I started using profit gauges, it automatically imports that data into the profit gauges. So I don't have to go back and re-enter all of my fuel. It's already done. It's, it's done as soon as I get fuel. So this system is, uh, is just really easy to use. So I still keep a spreadsheet uh, for each month, and that basically I just list my expenses, uh, which aren't very many uh, things that I pay cash for, um, you know, scale tickets, some oil if I do some kind of maintenance, but the maintenance is also tracked by the fuel gauges app. But if I go buy a tube of grease to put on the fifth wheel or, you know, if I've got to buy printer ink, things of that nature, anything I pay cash for, I just keep that little spreadsheet right on my phone. Um, I use Apple Numbers, and uh, it, it just does a really good job uh, of keeping those there. Then, when at the end of the month, you know, today's the 5th of September, so I'll be going in probably tomorrow, and I'll be doing all of my stuff for August. And... All I've got to do is look at my spreadsheet, put it into uh, fuel gauges, put in my settlements, which is really probably one of the coolest things about profit gauges is that when I go in and I get my settlement, I can go in and it takes about three minutes to enter a settlement. Well, once I've done that, it's done. Any deduction and any revenue that was listed on that settlement will now be on my tax report for the end of the year. Uh, so it's just a it's just a really simple, easy to use, well thought out, well developed program, and I love it. And I would suggest anyone operating a truck use it, just because it's easy. Another thing that I use, and I can't imagine this business without, is Dropbox. Uh, Dropbox.com is a free service; doesn't cost you anything that you can go sign up for and you get an app uh, that you download from the app store. I'm reasonably sure it's uh, available for Android as well. I'm an iPhone. I'm an Apple guy. So I have an iPhone. I have an iPad and then I have a laptop. Pretty much the only thing I use a laptop now for these days is recording this podcast. Everything else is done with my iOS devices. What's cool about Dropbox is it has and it, you know, Google Drive works the same way. The platform is a little more connected than some other things. So I have a scanning app called Jotnot, J-O-T-N-O-T. With Jotnot, I can uh, take a picture of a receipt. If I'm checking out at Walmart or I get a scale ticket or I get a cash advance and they charge me a $3 fee, or I, those rare occasions if I've got to buy a shower or a cash scale ticket, I take a picture of it with my phone. I turn it into a PDF file. I hit upload to Dropbox, and I put that day's date on that receipt, and, and it uploads it to Dropbox, which copies it to my PC at home and copies it to my laptop and holds it in Dropbox. So if the house burns down, the truck burns down, and somebody steals my iPhone and my iPad, I've still got all of my business receipts in an electronic copy forever and ever. Amen. Also, my PC is backed up by Carbonite, so there's an extra copy there. 
I do not keep paper receipts of, of any kind. Everything is, and I finally learned the hard way, the minute that the cashier hands me the receipt, my phone is out of my pocket and I snap a picture of it and it's done. I toss the receipt because I don't need it anymore. I have a I have a, a, a copy that's good enough for the IRS and bookkeeping, and they're easy to research because I put that day's date on them. So if I need to, you know, find a Walmart receipt or if I need to find a maintenance receipt from a certain date, I just go into Dropbox, look in 2015, look in that month of April, and uh, and look for the you know Walmart, you know April 3rd, 2015 or whatever. Over the last five years, I've tried to make my bookkeeping as simple as possible because if it gets away from you, and I've been there, and I've let it sit there, and I've had big piles of receipts on my dash, and oh, then something gets lost, and then I try to do my bookkeeping, and then then I find a receipt underneath my trash can in the truck, and oh man, did did I do this one? Did I not do this one? I've got to go back and look and try to see if I what did I scan it or did I not scan it? So I have learned to do things as they happen. So before profit can be determined, you have to be able to track it. So I use fuel gauges to track my fuel. I use JotNot or any scanning app, doesn't matter, a scanning app and Dropbox to keep all of my receipts. And then a simple uh, spreadsheet, which, I mean, you could, any note uh, tape taking uh, app you know you can get for any phone it doesn't have to be a spreadsheet I'm just a spreadsheet nerd then at the end of the month it's not hard to go in enter everything and boom you're done and at the end of the quarter it's already done and at the end of the year it's already done uh, I just got a new accountant we were kind of late filing taxes and uh, I, I you know I had I had signed up with Profit Gauges at Christmas of 2014. They had a uh, they had a deal going. If you signed up there right at the week of Christmas, then you you were able to put in the entire last year. Well, I started then and had to go back and do an entire year's worth of data entry settlements uh, with you know from two different companies and all of my receipts and all of my fuel and had to go through and put all that stuff in. So I sent. My tax report from Profit Gauges, I emailed it with my 1099s to my accountant on April 14th. And in two hours, he had a return. And I said, and I apologized. I said, hey, man, I'm sorry I waited to the last minute. And he just kind of looked at me like, like you're not the only one. And I said, how did I just started using this Profit Gauges thing. I said, what did you think of it? And he said, man, it's awesome. All I had to do was copy and paste and, and the return was done. So that's another reason that the profit gauges system works so well, just because of, of the ease of getting your stuff to your accountant. Bookkeeping, 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 bookkeeping. And and this goes for, you know, if you're a company driver, you know, and, and you work for a company that's got five or 10 or 15,000 trucks, um, I learned a long time ago, you should be doing bookkeeping. You know, what your load number, amount of miles it was supposed to pay, were there any stops? Because when you've got a payroll department that's trying to keep up with five or 10 or 15,000 people, they can and will make a mistake. There's probably, I don't know, five or 10 or 20 times in my career 
where I have gotten my paycheck and went, wait a minute, that doesn't look right, and went back to my little notebook where I had everything written down, and I was, oh, okay, I see what they missed, and I called them up. Hey, guys, uh, I see a mistake here. They corrected it, and everything was fine. I'm going to give you another quick example of how important communication is and record-keeping in the running of your business. It was uh, Labor Day, uh, so it was this weekend. I'm recording this on September 5th, 2015. So it was this weekend, I guess about three years ago, and I picked up a load in Indiana on Friday. And it was going to Massachusetts, and it was a a load of uh, building materials. It was blanket wrap, and it was going to uh, some kind of retail store. They said that the delivery date was Monday. And uh, my dispatcher or my fleet manager was out on vacation, so he had someone covering for him. And I called him and I said, hey, are you sure this delivers on Labor Day? Oh, yeah, 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 it delivers on Labor Day. Okay. So I picked up the load in Indiana, and when I got there, the lady I had loaded there before, and she would always say, okay, here's here's your paperwork, here's your appointment. Well, it didn't match. It said it delivered on Tuesday. And I said, hold up. They told me this is supposed to deliver on Monday. She said, Monday's Labor Day. They're not working on Labor Day. You deliver Tuesday. Okay. Well, by this time, it's Saturday. And, of course, everybody is gone from the carrier except for the skeleton crew. And so I called, and I'm sending messages and emails. They said, uh, well, you know, go with whatever you can find out. So, I ended up finding a guy who was the store manager where I was going. He was at dinner Saturday evening. And I said, "Uh, hey, I'm Chris, and I'm bringing this load in, and they say it's supposed to be Monday. And he looks at his schedule, and he says, I don't have anything for you on Monday. You must be Tuesday. And he said, I don't think they're working on Labor Day anyway. I'm like, okay. So then I communicate to the company through email, hey, this is what they told me. This is the guy's name. This is the store manager. I went through all that, had it all documented, and uh, decided to run past the house because I had an extra day to kill. So I get up there Tuesday morning, unload the truck. Nobody ever says a word about it. Then about three months later, I'm looking at my settlement, and I see a deduction for $234.50, and it had a load number. And I thought, what what are they what are they deducting two thirty four fifty from me for? So I went back through my spreadsheet and I found the load number and I looked at it and it said okay, it was that load. So I called settlements and I said, Hey, um, why did y'all take this two thirty four fifty? She says, Oh, uh, didn't your fleet manager tell you about that? And I said, No, he didn't tell me Jack. Uh, well, let me transfer you to him. So, so he gets on the line, and he goes, oh, well, there was $300 on that load for you to deliver it on Labor Day, and you didn't deliver it on Labor Day, so they took back the money. And I said, let me stop you right there, Hoss. Um, and I went back through Gmail, and I dug up all the emails, and I sent it to him. And then I went back through my Qualcomm, and I took pictures of the messages, um, that which... I learned a lesson there, too, you know, because those messages could have been deleted. I should have taken pictures of those at the time, but they were still in the Qualcomm. And I took pictures of the of the responses, and I emailed all that in, and I said, hey, th- guys, this ain't on me. 
I did everything I could do based on what uh, the people told me to do. So uh, I don't think you should take this money away from me. And so I don't. I guess it was a few days or a week later, and he calls me up and he goes, "Hey, they're going to give you that three hundred dollars back. Um, you know, you proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that it wasn't you that." They, they're the ones that screwed up, and so here's your money. And the next week, my 234.50 was back. Now, the key thing here is not only did I properly communicate and document, I also didn't throw a hissy fit and act like a toddler. I didn't cuss anybody out. I didn't scream. I didn't yell. I didn't make accusations. Why are you stealing from me? Why are you screwing me over? I just said, hey, wait a minute. We got a problem. Let's get to the bottom of it. Uh, and this is... This is generally the way most normal people do it, but we also have these, you know, geniuses that tell these big stories in social media and, and at the truck stop countertop about, you know, how they went and threw a fit and told everybody to kiss their rump. And but I've also seen it with my own eyes. I have seen drivers just go ballistic on fleet managers and settlements people and payroll people, and there's just no excuse for that behavior. We got to be 21 years old to have a CDL. So that means we should all be adults, so, so we should at least act like we've got some kind of sense. So bookkeeping, documentation uh, is, is huge because you cannot know your profit unless you know your cost. You cannot know your cost unless you have properly documented it. Profit is not a bad word. It's not negative. It's not immoral. Matter of fact, business is the most moral thing you can get involved in because you are adding value to someone else's life. When you are in business to make a profit, you are pursuing a moral course of action. So we need to be real, 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 real clear about that. This is nothing new. You know, if you watch the news or, or you read, you know, anything on Facebook about government, you know, they constantly want to talk about how, uh, you know, they want to make things fair and everybody should get paid the same and they should be allowed to steal from some people because, well, we don't like how those people made their money. Well, here's the bottom line. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, but that's okay. I either own my property and my body, or I don't. There's no gray area. I either own my property or my and my body, or I don't. Now, I own my truck. That means I own the capital. Well, I own my body, therefore I own the labor. And because I own the labor and I own the truck, I therefore own the means of production. So when I own the labor and I own the capital and I own the means of production, then that means I get all the profits. It belongs to me, not anybody else. Because along the way, while I was engaging in all this activity, I was giving money out along the way. I was buying fuel and tires and maintenance and I was paying fuel taxes and I was buying food and groceries and I was contributing all along the way. Everywhere I went, I was dropping money. As I went down the road and I was giving to others in exchange, in free voluntary exchange for things that they were giving me. So as I'm going along, I'm, I'm contributing to others' economic situation. So when it's all said and done and the load is delivered, the money 
belongs to me, no one else. Well, if that's the case in my life, then that means when the guy that's on Wall Street is trading the stocks that he buys and sells, well, that money's his too. Now, just because he has a lot more volume, a lot more activity than I do, and his profits are bigger at the end of the day, doesn't mean he has any less right of ownership than I do. And just like the person that works at McDonald's that owns their labor, they don't own the capital and they don't own the means of production, but they do own their labor. Well, when that person at the end of the day uh, has a certain amount of money left over after they have completed their work day, I don't have any right to the fruits of their labor. They don't have any right to the fruits of mine, and I don't have any right to the fruits of the labor of someone else just because they made more money than I did. If I want as much money as they do, then I need to increase my activity so that I yield more, more profit. And I can do that. That's one of the things that I love about being an owner-operator is there is absolutely no ceiling to the amount of money that I can make. It's all depending on how much I want to invest. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's all over the board. Some days I want to go buy 10 trucks and run a company. And other days I want to run one truck, get it paid for, work when I need to work, stay home when I want to stay home, and that be it. But there's no one telling me how much I can make and how much I can't make. It, that doesn't exist. I, I, can, I, I, can, I can build a business and go compete with Schneider if I want to. I don't really want to. I just don't know if I'm willing to work that hard. And when I got to that point, I kind of realized, you know what? Schneider, J.B. Swift, U.S. Express... You know why those people got as big as they are? Because they worked hard. And they made good decisions. Sorry. You're not going to find me telling you how evil the big companies are. Just not going to happen. Because I don't think they're evil. I think they're big and I think they have self-interest. And I think sometimes what's good for them is not necessarily good for me. But sometimes what's good for me is not necessarily good for them. So it's, it's a balancing act. It's back and forth. See, they, they have freight in such volumes that I can't compete with. And it's freight that I wouldn't want anyway because it, it has no, it's just toilet paper. It's just paper towels. It's just diapers. It's just, it's just big bulk loads of crap that there's so much of that it doesn't have a lot of value to it. I want the stuff that Schneider can't haul because their driver's not trained well enough and their equipment's not set up to handle that specialized kind of stuff. I want the manufactured product that I'm hauling now because it it's special and it takes extra care and so it pays better. That's what I want. Um, so I know I, I kind of went off on a tangent here, but but see all this all this has to be thought about when you're considering profit because when you get into business, and you start to realize that the people on the, and I'm using air finger quotes here, news, because it's not news. It's mainly propaganda and advertising. The people on the news are educated morons that went to college or university and now sit and read a teleprompter. And we're supposed to trust these people to tell us what's real and what's not. And it 
took less than five years for me to understand very quickly that these people generally have no clue what they're talking about. If you want to speak to an expert in the trucking business, well, you don't need to go to somebody in a suit and tie. Unless they drove a truck for 40 years and now they're wearing a suit and tie, but we all know that's not the case. Uh, If you want someone that's an expert in trucking, go find a truck driver, truck owner. Someone who has uh, who is vest has a vested interest in the business. Somebody that's never been behind the wheel or inside a truck or has never owned a truck, I, I could really care less uh, what they think. Their their opinion has no value to me because it's based on nothing. When when you get to this point. Or you're in that beginning stage and you're saying, okay, I'm ready to try this. I want to be an owner-operator. You have to understand that it's all about attitude. Sure, it it helps if you have math skills. I'm a math nerd, so it helps. I can do the numbers in my head. But if I wasn't a math nerd and couldn't do the numbers in my head, well, I can do them on paper with a calculator. This is like... 7th and 8th grade math. Nothing about it is very complicated. Now, I do leave the complicated stuff to other people like taxes. I don't even even go there. Um, That's that's what my accountant's for. That's why I pay him uh, because he has that expertise and I don't. So, uh, but you have to understand first and foremost, when you want to be an owner-operator, your mindset has to change. Because Kevin Rutherford said this one day, and it was and it was really, really poignant. When you're a company driver and you're backing into docks and turning steering wheels and shifting gears and filling out logbooks, well, you're doing all the same stuff when you're an owner-operator. So it can be kind of easy to get yourself lulled into thinking, well, hey, man, this is no different than being a company driver. So then you still hang on to that company driver mentality. And so it's kind of a pitfall, and I fell into it myself more than once because you're not just a driver anymore. You're a driver, you're a mechanic, you're a bookkeeper, uh, you're you have to know something about taxes. Again, I, I I pay somebody to do that for me, but I still have to understand it. I still have to understand what's going on in my business. Your mindset has to change and your vocabulary has to change because you're not getting paid anymore. You're earning revenue. You're not getting paid anymore. You're making profit. You don't earn uh, wages; you earn revenue. See, these are the different things, and I'm and I'm gonna close this this episode with a story. Uh, the first time that it really clicked for me, um, I started with Anderson Trucking Service in January of 2011, and man, it was rock and roll. I mean, gosh, I was making so much money, you know. $2,500 a week, and I was seeing $3,000 settlements, and I was just, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And in March of that year, we planned to move from one house to another in the same town. And uh, so I had some home time scheduled, and I was up in, I had just gotten unloaded in Massachusetts, I think, and I went up to New Hampshire to pick up a load, uh, it was an R.R. Donnelly load. And it was just going over to Buffalo, New York. And it was, you know, 
paid pretty good. I, I do remember that. It was just a little short hop. What, what is that? Maybe, you know, three, 350, 350 miles, something like that. And um, all I got to do is back into the dock, load this RR90, go over to Buffalo, unload it, and then deadhead like 200 and some miles home. And when I, I realized when I, I totaled up all the numbers uh, that it was going to be my best week ever. Uh, my, I think my net settlement was going to be like $3,500. It was going to be awesome. So this is in March. So there's a lot of snow still on the ground up there. And I start backing into this dock, and it's a little bit tight. And so I kind of had to blindside a little bit. Uh, and I'm backing into the dock. And I've got to pull up to get straight. But there's a big snow bank in front of me. So I just ease my bumper up against that snow bank. Because let's be honest, I've got a company driver mentality. I just figured I would push my bumper up against the snow bank and shove the snow out of my way to get that, that six inches that I needed. But it wasn't snow. It was ice. And it was hard as a rock. And so when I put the truck in first gear and let the clutch out, it shoved my bumper back about three inches, which ruptured the bottom of my radiator. And, but I didn't realize that. I heard, a, I heard a crack and a pop. But I, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And uh, as I'm backing, I'm seeing this, this funny, like, what is that on the ground? And I realized it was all the fluid coming out of my radiator. And then the warning lights come on and the bells come on and... I look down and all of my radiator fluid is gone and I looked underneath the bumper and I see the bottom of the radiators ruptured and all the wind came out of my sails. So I went in and I called the um, uh, maintenance people and they said, well, this is really not maintenance. This is an accident. You had, a, you had an accident. So I had to call claims. So then Claims takes all my information, sends me back to road service. Road service sends a wrecker and take me to the Freightliner dealer. And they say, well, it's you know, probably going to be next week sometime before we get it done. Well, hey, I'm supposed to move. So now I'm renting a car. I'm driving 800 miles home. I am uh, spending a week at home. Uh, taking care of that then i'm driving the rental car 800 miles back i've lost 10 or 12 days of productivity so that momentary stupidity ended up costing me probably three thousand dollars and click the light bulb went off hey dummy idiot you're not a company driver anymore if something happens to the truck this is the only truck you got. You better take care of it. You better not scratch it. You better, you better be checking everything in and on it and around it and under it. You better know that this truck like the back of your hand because if something happens to it, it's on you. And that truck taught me a few more lessons of a couple other times that it set me, left me sitting on the side of the road when there were things that I obviously should have, should have seen and didn't because I wasn't looking and it failed and it left me sitting on the side of the road. So uh, this episode is more about attitude and perspective than it is about nuts and bolts. You know, uh, yes, yes. Bookkeeping is incredibly important. 
um, and understanding your profit is incredibly important. But if you don't have the right mindset, if you don't have the right attitude, if you don't understand you are here to serve, you are not here to be served. Let that sink in. You are in this business to serve. You are not here to be served. Service. Courtesy. Respect. That's what makes you profitable as an owner-operator. This is all... There's, there's, there's a million pieces floating around in the air. Uh, in this business there's so many moving parts so many different things going on so many different people so many different agendas and we all have agendas we're all here to make money and we're all here to make as much money as we can and that's where we have to negotiate we have to cooperate and we have to we have to participate with each other um but, but you can't you can't get uh that that selfish attitude of you know, well, I'm the I'm the I'm the most important thing in the world, and and the axis of the universe runs through the top of my head. You are going to fail miserably. Oh, it's going to be ugly. Fortunately, I had kind of started to learn that lesson before I became an owner operator. So it was a little bit easier, but I've still had lots of slaps in the face along the way, um, where I have made some stupid decisions or or just just foolish decisions. You know, things that. Hey, I shouldn't have done that. I should have done this. Um, patience is huge. Um, patience is so big, and I'm so impatient. Oh, that's the hardest thing for me, uh, honestly. Uh, I'm just being real transparent. I am so incredibly impatient. Uh, but trucking has taught me a lot of patience, and so has being a father and a husband. So uh, that's it. I'm going to wrap this episode up on profit. Um, and it's all about bookkeeping and attitude bookkeeping and attitude so that's it hit me up www.anamericantruckdriver.com send me an email an american truck driver at gmail.com and we will see you next time